The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, orthopaedic ailments, injuries, operations and recovery are on the operating table of discussion today. If you've got queries about your aches and pains and what might be done about it, uh, text them to us on 53106 or WhatsApp 087-1400-106. Our expert this week is Dr. Niall Hogan, consultant orthopaedic surgeon at St. James Hospital. Um, is it Mr. or Doctor anymore when you're a surgeon? It doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter. I guess, but Mr. traditionally, but I often refer to myself as doctor. All right. I, that's cleared that up for me now. Um, robotic knee surgery. This is something that is fascinating, that you kind of program the machine and you stand back. Explain. Not quite, but it is evolution. Uh, it's uh, technology being brought into medicine. Uh, it's already widely available in surgery, but in orthopaedic surgery, it's relatively new. Uh, certainly in Ireland, it was introduced by an Australian surgeon, Stephen Brennan in Cork. And then I was the first to use it in Blackrock Clinic in, in Dublin in 2021. What can you use it on? Which joints? Uh, you can use it on a number of joints, but predominantly, I think knee surgery is the most uh, relevant. Uh, I use it exclusively for knee replacement operations. And what we do is a patient who has arthritis in their knee, they get x-rays, they get the diagnosis confirmed, but then we get a CT scan. We send that uh, scan off to America at the moment to upload the software yeah. and make it compatible with the computer software. Then on the day of surgery, we uh, open up the knee. We put in a special arrays that will talk to the computer in the operating room and the we can fine tune the positioning of the implant. And it's very accurate, very reproducible, very reliable. And then we bring the robot in to do all the cuts that we have asked it to do. OK, so... It will make the uh, incisions, will it, at the beginning or does the surgeon make the incisions first? The surgeon will do that and put in the relevant probes or arrays. uh, And then once we have worked out where we want to put the knee replacement on the computer screen, then we can bring the robot in to do the accurate cutting. Okay, so it goes through bone and stuff like that. And and what gets replaced? I mean, is it an artificial patella or what is it? Well, a knee is made up of a number of bones, uh, predominantly the femur or the thigh bone and the tibia and the sh- or the shin, shin bone. bone yeah. And also the patella is the kneecap at the front of the knee. Now, some surgeons will replace the kneecap uh, all the time and some surgeons will not. It's not essential. Uh, what we do is we remove the articular surface or just the cartilage layer that's been destroyed with a wafer of bone at the end of the thigh bone and the top of the shin bone. And then we replace that with metal. Uh, on both sides and then there's a, an insert in between which is a polyethylene or plastic insert which is the bearing surface. And is that like the synovial lining of the knee? It's similar. It kind of, The plastic kind of replaces the cartilage or the meniscus in the knee. Okay. Um, I presume it's successful or you wouldn't be doing it. I mean, how many have you, uh, have you done? And how does it compare to the results you get from the classic way of doing it? Well, I've done 50 now uh, over the past year and I feel my patients are doing an awful lot better. I think they recover quicker. Uh, It's slightly less invasive. There's less uh, soft tissue trauma uh, for the patient and I believe it's more accurate and therefore the patients, you know, will uh, recover quicker and will do better in the long term. Now, I think the last time we were talking, I mentioned a thing called the bikini hip. 
yes. um, where they, uh, they avoid cutting in as much to the muscles as the classic hip operation and therefore recovery is much, much quicker. Yes, and there are, as I said before, there's various approaches to the hip, uh, anterior, lateral and posterior. Uh, the key thing is to get the surgeon uh, to do your operation, to be comfortable with whichever approach he or she feels is the most appropriate. Okay. Now, um, many of the things uh, you're talking about there are the product of age and wear and tear and all the rest. But there are other operations that you're involved in involving sports injuries like the ACL type uh, treatments. How complicated are they and how successful are they? Because the athletes seem to get the very best and they can make a recovery to the point that they can resume, you know, vigorous sport. Very much so. And uh, typically an anterior cruciate ligament tear is, is very traumatic for an athlete because they can't play contact sports or pivoting sports. So it's important that it gets fixed. Unfortunately, there is a nine month recovery period for that uh, post-operatively, but they can get back to full uh, um, activity uh, and full exercise uh, over a gradual period. But nine months is usually the time out of sport. Yeah, it's it's a long time in the short-ish career of a professional sports person. Very much so. And at this stage, people are very familiar with ACLs and people have access to MRI scans and they get surgery quicker. Whereas in the past, it would be a career-ending injury 25, 30 years ago. Yeah. People would not get back from this injury. Whereas nowadays they do get back, but unfortunately it's the, it's the guts of one season that they have to spend on the rehab. Yeah. Now, what bench. about ankle injuries? Um, because uh, people often feel that when you have an ankle injury that there's always a weakness there, even after the treatment and you've got fixed. I mean, do you, there's no such thing as a replacement ankle, I presume. It's a very complicated area, I would suspect. There are replacement ankles uh, yeah. and there, there are two real operations when people get arthritis of their ankle, one is an ankle replacement and one is an ankle fusion. The fusion is probably more durable and longer lasting, uh, whereas ankle replacements have a lifespan and it's a small joint that takes a lot of weight going through yeah. it when we walk. So they can be quite tricky. But the, the injuries themselves, people often twist their ankle and, and sprain ligaments, uh, which usually recover. But if they break an ankle, uh, often they do damage and then they will get post-traumatic arthritis in the future. Now, when you do an ankle fusion, does it limit the movement of the ankle? I mean, does it, could you go back to playing your rugby or your squash or your tennis or whatever? Uh, no, I would say, uh, because there is quite a restriction. Now, having said that, people who have ankle replacements are not playing sports uh, or ankle fusions are not playing sports up to that point. They've already retired from that level of exercise. Okay. They have pain in their ankle and a fusion stiffens their ankle. So the, the movement is reduced, although you do compensate through other joints around your foot and beneath your ankle as well. Um, but what you're aiming for is to give somebody a pain free ankle mm. Uh, that they're able to walk on and able to... Yeah, could they cycle, for example? Or yes, would they that can. be Absolutely. Okay, can. and swim and, and... Yeah, pretty much. The age profile for people with ankle fusions is usually well over 50 uh, or 60 and therefore their level of exercise is usually tailored to their, their age profile. Yeah. Now, how do people know when they need to visit someone like you? You see, a lot of people will go to a physio. Uh, because they've got an ache and a pain somewhere and they'll get relieved by uh, appropriate physio treatment. When do they need to actually look at, you know, something more serious being wrong? So 
you're correct in saying the first port of call will be a GP or a physiotherapist and they are very astute at uh, picking up the injuries that need to be referred on to orthopaedic surgeons. Usually a GP can order a plain x-ray and that will indicate whether or not somebody has arthritis and they will then refer on appropriately. Um, So once the referral comes in, then the orthopaedic surgeon has to decide, well, is there an operation I can do to help this person? Um, Some of the questions coming in. um, At what stage is surgery performed on bulging spinal discs? Had an injection, no improvement, great pain. Low back pain is very common. Uh, in the whole population and uh, everybody at a certain age will have a bulging disc. Some discs are bigger uh, and some are smaller. Is this what they call a prolapse disc? A prolapse disc or a herniated disc. Yeah, because I've had that and and I was told, uh, get walking, get yourself upright and it might even put itself back. Well, again, initially uh, talking to the GP or the physio, uh, most of the treatment for this is non-operative. It's uh, education of the patient. It's uh, low intensity exercise, weight loss, And time as well, the disc will look after itself. If the disc is particularly big, it will put pressure on a nerve root. And that's when people get sciatica and pain down their legs or electric shocks going down their legs into their foot and ankle. Uh, When that is very debilitating and if it doesn't respond to initial treatment, then they may need to see either an orthopaedic or a neurosurgeon to decompress that nerve root. Um, About uh, shoulder impingement, uh, this one here. Um, Can a shoulder impingement be dealt with anything other than surgery? That's from Dolores. And I don't really understand what impingement means. I've heard of hip impingement, but what what are these impingements? Shoulder impingement is restriction in the movement of a shoulder uh, and during the arc of movement, one will experience pain. And that's usually due to Uh, irritation or tendonitis of a combination of muscles called the rotator cuff muscles. They're a group of four small muscles around the top of the humerus bone, which stabilize that ball in the in the socket of the shoulder and allow the bigger muscles to work. And when we get older, that rotator cuff gets degenerative and it can become very irritable. And therefore, when we move the shoulder, it can impinge. And usually physiotherapy non-steroidal anti-inflammatories or steroid injections will help. If it doesn't, then you're looking to see a shoulder surgeon who performs arthroscopic shoulder surgery and rotator cuff repair. Yeah. Um, Due to have minor surgery on a frozen shoulder, which has lasted 10 months now, is it wise to have surgery for that? That's from Mary. Frozen shoulder is a very difficult condition for everybody, particularly the patient, but also for the doctor, because... We don't know a huge amount about it. The The capsule of the joint becomes very inflamed and sticky and it causes pain, initially intense pain for the first six months. Uh, and along with that, it causes stiffness whereby you have very little movement in your shoulder joint, which again is very debilitating for day-to-day activities. And then if you leave it long enough, over the course of 18 months, it tends to resolve itself. Now, sometimes the pain and the stiffness are so severe that a shoulder surgeon will either opt for an injection, a steroid injection mm. or hydro distension of the joint, or they will do arthroscopic surgery to debride the capsule and try and release the adhesions. Another one. I'm 64. I've been told I should have a hip replacement, but afterwards I'd have to give up running and football. Is there an alternative other than painkillers to allow me to continue sports for a few more years? It's debatable whether he would have or she would have to uh, give up football uh, or the activities that they want, including running. There are plenty of people who still run and play football after hip replacements. 
uh, whether or not their doctor advises that or not. Um, yeah. Again, I think because the most if you get it fixed now, you might have a career after your rehab. Whereas if you leave it, correct. I think the main thing is to have a hip replacement because you've got pain and debilitation that affects your day to day life. And then if it goes very well and you're able to play football and you're able to run afterwards, well, then that's the patient's decision. And certainly I wouldn't object strongly to that. Uh, I have a problem with my toes. The middle right toe is overlapping and squeezing the next outside toe and it's getting worse. I've tried toe dividers, but that doesn't help. What can I do to stop it? Again, surgery often is the answer for that problem. It it, uh, is often associated with bunions of the big toe or hallux valgus, where the big toe uh, cuts across and then compresses all the the lesser toes and they rise upwards. So I think in that case, a visit to a foot and ankle surgeon who can assess the toes and then they can realign the first toe and then hopefully straighten all the other toes as well. Uh, Someone else asking about heel pain. What is it? What causes it and how to fix it? Uh, heel pain can happen in children and in adults. In children, it's called Severage disease and it's just a growth phenomenon. It's uh, traction on the growing point of the, the back of the heel. In adults, people talk about calcaneal spurs or plantar fasciitis. Again, very difficult uh, problem to deal with. Certainly, orthopaedic surgeons don't operate on it. Uh, sometimes they're injected, but the mainstay of treatment is physiotherapy and stretching. And unfortunately, it takes months and months mm. for it to settle. My husband is getting terrible pain in both his muscles in his arms, also pain in his wrist. None of the painkillers he's been prescribed are working for him. Started with one arm about three months ago. Now it started on the second arm. Okay, well, that person certainly needs to see his GP. Does that Uh, sound like arthritis? it, It could be arthritis. It could be bilateral shoulder rotator cuff problems or frozen shoulders. Um, But sometimes when multiple joints uh, cause problems at the same time, then it might be a rheumatologist that this patient needs to see in case they have any evidence of an inflammatory arthritis, which affects a number of joints at the one time. Advice, please, on treating arthritis in feet, particularly around the toes on the inside of the foot. Very painful. The GP mentioned metal plates. Correct. And uh, the... Two major problems with the big toe, we mentioned already hallux valgus or bunions, or this one sounds like it's hallux rigidus or arthritis in that first metatarsophalangeal joint. And if that is arthritic and sore, then that joint probably needs to be fused. And the surgeon would usually do that with either screws or a combination of screws and maybe a metal plate. A final general question, uh, steroids, injection of steroids, how, uh, what are they useful for? How good are they? How long does it last? Uh, corticosteroids are very helpful for the treatment of arthritis. Usually in a degenerative joint, it's reasonable to perform a steroid injection every six months or so. After about two or three injections, often its effectiveness wears off and the patient then wants to move to the next step of treatment. Yeah, but it is a useful interim. Very much so. If it can buy time and kick the problem down the road, then it's useful. Okay, Dr. Niall Hogan, consultant orthopaedic surgeon at St. James Hospital and elsewhere. Um, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.